Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim Tim 815 on the Anchor Contest Line or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Correa and Quick Changes, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Carlos Correa as a potential Chicago Cub. I've been largely mute on it. Um... I've largely been well I was I was actually slow to Marcus Stroman stuff on the day of the signing. I was eh, no, I don't really think this is gonna happen, but I guess it could. I guess I better talk about it because it's being discussed, but I really don't think it'll happen. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But when I said it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I wasn't so much it doesn't make sense from a Cubs perspective so much as it doesn't make sense from a from Marcus Stroman's perspective. If, as it turned out, the Cubs were going to be able to sign, sign Stroman for a reasonable, realistic, short-ish time period, then it made perfect sense. Uh, I wasn't all that interested in Stroman on a five or six or seven year deal. But for a three year deal, seeing as it would cost no prospects whatsoever, I was completely good with the premise of signing Marcus Stroman. I'm seeing some places on social media, or as I like to call it, anti social media, where Carlos Correa discussions are being actively criticized, actively criticized. No, this is a bad thing. We as Cubs fans should not want Marcus Stroman, or Carlos Correa to sign for the Cubs. It would be a bad thing for the Cubs. to. And I'm just not getting it. I'm really not getting it. Despite the fact that a lot of people are probably going to think that I don't want Correa to sign with the Cubs. I have concerns. I definitely have concerns. But if there is a player who is quite good at an organizational... um, spot of weakness and he's actually interested in coming to play for the Cubs as long as there's not going to be some exploitation as far as the financial angle of things I'm completely good with it I'm totally good with it as long as it makes sense and there are a lot of people out there who Correa no don't want him why have you First off, Carlos Correa is a very good player. I, I I don't understand the concept of this guy is a good player. I don't want him on our team. I, I don't get that. <laughs> I guess probably it has something to do with 
my um, opposition to the concept of like for so many people. <coughs> like is a huge thing. I like this guy. I don't like that guy. I don't care whether I like a guy or not. Absolutely makes no difference, really. When it comes to, at the Major League Club level, when player shows up, well, let's use Eric Hosmer for an example. Let's use Eric Hosmer for an example. I don't like Eric Hosmer. I don't hate Eric Hosmer at all. If I did, it's incidental. What I do think about Eric Hosmer is he was a bad player last year. He's probably going to be a reasonably bad player next year. He's expensive, and he seems to have somewhat of a I ruin clubhouses thing going on now. Doesn't seem to be a useful addition to an organization. I didn't say like anywhere in there. If, so, if a player is a bad player or an overpriced player and doesn't help with anything else, why should I be interested in him being on the team? Switch it to Correa. Good player. Very good player. Cubs, shortstop. Who do they have? Uh, maybe Nico Horner? Seems to me Carlos Correa probably a little bit better than Nico Horner. So I like Nico Horner, but if Correa makes the Cubs better than the Cubs were with Nico Horner as a starter at shortstop, that doesn't seem to be a bad draw. I don't get the I hate Correa thing. I don't get it. He's a good player. Yes, he was involved with a team that has an asterisk unofficially, by their World Series championship. He may or may have not done some things that were very pro-competitive and rankle you. I get it. I understand it. I'm tolerant of that. Correa is a good player. He is better than what the Cubs currently have at his position. Now, are there possibly some extenuating circumstances if the Cubs sign him to a 12 or 14 or 73-year deal? Yes, of course there could be. Could it be they would end up giving up a draft choice in the second round or some other round, whoever knows, if they say, yes, it could be. But Carlos Correa is a good baseball player. If you're of the mind that because of something that Carlos Correa may or may not have done in 2017 while on the field of competition, I can't be supportive of Carlos Correa. Then well, I guess that's your call. I'd kind of like the Cubs to be a good team. I don't want them to regularly be aggressively dipping into free agency and regularly losing international spending and um, draft picks because of it. But if Carlos Correa is a point where 
he's interested in coming to the Cubs. I'm at least interested in Carlos Correa. Does that necessarily mean that 100% of the contracts that Carlos Correa could possibly sign, I would be in favor of? Not necessarily. But if it were to be a situation where Carlos Correa were to sign with the Cubs, there could be situations where I would be fairly good with it. Merge time. Um, Anchor is now allowing poll questions and question questions from me to you. I'm going to try to start doing that, uh, try to engage you more into the conversation and encourage you to engage yourself in the conversation. Um, I'm going to try to do that. I'll see how it works. But um, I, on Christmas, started two separate podcasts. So now I have four, three of which I will admit to. And uh, one of them is for the for Tottenham Hotspur, and one is for music. And uh, I'm trying to provide value for people in all of them. Hopefully, I'm doing that between my podcast, my writing, my stuff with Bleed Cubby Blue. Hopefully, I am. Perhaps I'm not. Hopefully I am. If I am, feel free to contribute through, I think probably um, the Patreon is the easiest way to do it as of right now. But yeah, uh, I, I, it's interesting over a winter where nothing can be done to have content for a sport where nothing can be done, but I'm trying to do that nonetheless. Okay. Bit of a crossover point here. Bit of a crossover point here. Some people are talking about how the Cubs are not going to do this, are not going to do that, it is impossible for this, impossible for that, no way that they can possibly do this, no way. Bull. Bull. How many, for, for those of you who say there is no way for the Cubs to... Win a pennant in the next three years. I've heard people say that. There's no way the Cubs can possibly win a pennant in the next three years. Possible. You know, the people have been saying that. Of the people who say that, of the people who say that, what was their win expectation in 2021 for the San Francisco Giants? Their win expectation is, well, they might be a 500 team, but there's no way in the world that they can ever do any better than 500. Disregard them completely forever because they were wrong and pot committed to being wrong. Pot committed to being wrong. Somebody is pot committed to being wrong. Disregard them. Disregard them. Disregard them because they have aggressive ideas that are wrong and they don't own it. Now, if they're saying, hey, well, I, I really have no idea what the San Francisco Giants are going to do in 2021 because baseball's a really tricky... That sounds like a reasonable line of logic. But if someone is always, never in baseball, they're probably wrong quite often, and they should probably be disregarded because of that. 
my line is Cubs are probably going to be fairly well off in two or three years if they have three, four all-star level players who are making basically league minimum. If they have zero players who are all-star level players making basically league minimum, they'll probably be struggling. Why? That's generally how it works. If you have, in this era, no young players who are making virtually nothing, who are all-star level types, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because other teams will have good players who are making very little. Does that necessarily guarantee that it will always be that way? No. Does it guarantee that it was that way in the 70s? No. That's the way it seems to be now. Things can change in a hurry. Now, here is where my crossover happens. Here's where my crossover happens. I've been following the Spurs from Tottenham. For the last three weeks or so, three weeks or so, they installed a new manager about six weeks ago. They had started the season well, then everything completely fell apart. And players who were the secondary tertiary types were being dismissed as useless. Guys that are on our team, they're terrible. They can't get anything done. They're doing nothing. Old manager goes out. New manager comes in. New manager assesses his talent, assesses their strengths, assesses their weaknesses. What is it we can do with the talent that we have? And now all of a sudden, Tottenham is playing very well because the manager upgraded the quality of the existing roster. That can happen. Does it necessarily mean that it will? No. David Ross isn't even a new manager anymore. But if Ross figures out a way to churn value out of Frank Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom, whoever the heck else he has on his team, then the Cubs can do markedly better than people expect. If what he is saying is falling on deaf ears and the players are starting to tune him out, then things can get worse. Perhaps there will be injury concerns that weren't expected. Those would hurt. The Cubs can be a good team in 2022. They can also be a bad team in 2022. If someone is denying that the Cubs can be a good team in 2022 and can be a bad team in 2022, you should probably disregard their opinion because they're fools. Baseball, you don't know unless the talent is so ridiculously bad that it just can't happen. The Cubs have a shot 
2022. Cubs have a shot in 2023. I don't think the Cubs are going to prioritize 2022 over 2023 and 2024. I don't think they are going to do a thing where they trade a long-term piece that is highly valued for a short-term piece that isn't, which is part of why the whole Carlos Correa thing is a bit odd. I'm not entirely sure how that will play out, but I'm certainly not going to say the Cubs aren't going to commit to bringing in Correa if the numbers match up and he's interested. Twenty twenty two probably will not be the priority. The Cubs still may make trades that kind of look like last July. They might. Will it be likely? Will it be unlikely? I'm gonna sit and wait. One other thing to mind, one other thing to mind that I ran into on anti-social media today is don't assume you know what trade is on the table. Don't assume you know what trade is on the table. Whether it's someone saying there is no chance the Cubs will trade Wilson Contreras. That's absurd. If someone offers the Cubs more for Wilson Contreras than the Cubs think they will get out of Wilson Contreras in 2022, he will be traded. Simply. It has nothing to do with Marcus Stroman. It has nothing to do with Kyle Hendricks. It has nothing to do with Carlos Correa. It has nothing to do with anything. If a team offers more to the Cubs than they expect they will get out of Wilson Contreras in 2022, Wilson Contreras will be gone. Because that's the logical thing to do. Assuming that the Cubs should make a trade to get Kevin Kiermeyer or make a trade to get prospects for Eric Hosmer or anything along those lines. Until you can tell me you know exactly what the offer is on the table, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Because let's say there is an offer on the table for Eric Hosmer. And it involves Campusano, who is a very good catching prospect. Well, the Cubs should definitely do that. Well, what, what happens if there's something else going back the other way? Until you know what the trade offer is, dial it back. Kevin Kiermeyer. The Cubs should get Kevin Kiermeyer and get some prospects thrown in. Da, 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 da. What's the trade? What's the Kevin Kiermeyer trade? What is on the table? Because as soon as the um, Tampa Bay Rays insist on, well, if we're trading Kevin Kiermeyer, we need to get Reggie Preciado and Christian Hernandez and, 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 and. We don't know what the trade is. If we think that it might make sense if there is only a little bit of stuff going back, okay, well, that's a What's a little bit going back? What's the what's the hypothetical offer you're contemplating? 
Tampa has a fantastic pipeline. They don't need rubbish prospects. They know your system better than you do. That's how they made their money. They make their money, well, in part because they don't spend it on the major league roster, but they make their money by knowing your roster, your pipeline, your system, your development patterns better than you do. And they end up pulling out a player that, oh, we didn't think that guy was all that good. And then he ends up being quite good with them. In the interim, when there is no Major League Baseball action, there are no trades, there are no signings, there's no nothing. I I tell you, I strongly recommend, I strongly recommend you find something else to occupy your time. Audiobooks have been quite fun for me. Um, I spent most of the day listening to... Um, Premier League matches today and quite enjoyed that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to listen to Tottenham play. They did win, though. Um, Listen to stuff that's actually going on. Don't even worry about these stupid, hypothetical, fake trades unless you're trying to educate someone on something. If you are doing the Well, the Cubs are obviously going to be able to get Kevin Kiermeyer and two or three really good prospects and give up absolutely nothing in return. You're full of crap. You're full of crap. There's no reason that the best offer Tampa Bay will get for Kevin Kiermeyer is give away Kiermeyer, give away two or three good prospects, and get back a half-eaten six-inch pastrami sub on rye. And that's the best offer they can get. Bull. That's not how things work. If you don't know what you're contemplating, if you don't know another team's organization, if you don't know the other team's pipeline, if you're not somewhat familiar with their top five or ten prospects, take a day, take an hour, take three hours. Educate yourself on another team's pipeline. Then whether something ends up happening regarding a trade or not, you know something about another team's pipeline. You're smarter than you were before. You're more educated than you were before. The entire concept of assuming that I know what the Carlos Correa contract will be. I know what the Kevin Kiermeyer trade will be. I know what the Eric Hosmer trade will be. No, you don't. You have no idea. As you have no idea how the Cubs will play in 2022. I'm amused when people tell me how um, Frank Schwindel's going to do next year. Well, I don't know. He did well for the Cubs last year. Doesn't mean he'll do well this year. Doesn't mean he'll do horribly. The reason they play the games is so we can learn stuff. So we can learn stuff. If you've learned stuff and you, you've you learned enough so that you know what the Kevin Kiermaier trade would be, you know what the Eric Hosmer trade would be, you know what both sides have offered. You're, you, you, wait, you think you know more than you do. You think you know more than you do.
the Correa contract, if the Cubs end up getting him, it very well could be useful. It could also be horrible. It would depend on what's the length, what's the cost, what's the surrender value because of signing the contract. We don't know that yet. And we can't know that until the collective bargaining agreement is signed, agreed upon, ratified, all that kind of stuff, and signings are permitted. We can't know that. It is something that is not common knowledge. Perhaps you've talked with Carlos Correa's agent or with Carlos Correa himself. I strongly doubt it, but I guess it's possible that one of um, Correa's uh, closer friends is listening to my podcast. Hey, that'd be cool. But um, no, the, the, the goal ought to be to admit what you don't know. Admit what you don't know. Hey, I have no idea what the offer on the table for Correa is. I have no idea. I have no idea. No idea what the Kiermaier trade would be. No idea what the Hosmer trade would be. If the trades come along, if the trades develop, after the collective bargaining agreement is signed and ratified and all that kind of stuff, then... um. We can start talking about it, but until such point as that, you might as well find something else to mind as far as rumor-mongering, because rumor-mongering, when nothing can be done, is absolutely absurd. Thanks for stopping by. Pre-Arb Excellence, I'll have another podcast up soon, as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.